It's philosophy talk. Now I suppose you're going to tell me that the black man has had the same opportunity in this country as you? More. He's had more. I didn't have no million people out there marching and protesting to get me my job. No, his uncle got it for him. What's so funny about comedy that's insensitive to issues of race, gender, or religion? In my experience, poor white people love, and I mean love, heroin. Is there a place in democratic society for comedy that finds humor in people's deepest identities? I even have insight into how the white community must have felt watching the black community go through the scourge of crack. Because I don't care either. Should offensive comedy be shunned, boycotted, even banned? Our guest is Jeff Israel, author of Living with Hate in American Politics and Religion. Feinstein, Feinberg, it all comes to the same thing, and I know that tribe. Comedy and the Culture Wars. Coming up on Philosophy Talk. Coming soon, it's our annual Dionysus Award Show. We'll be talking about the most philosophical movies of the past year, and we want to hear from you. Submit your nominations to comments at philosophytalk.org and tell us why you think your movie deserves a Dionysus Award. Is their comedy so offensive that it shouldn't be allowed? Do some jokes encourage bigotry and hatred? Or can edgy comedy actually be good for society? Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm Josh Landy. I'm John Perry. We're coming to you from the studios of KALW at San Francisco. Continuing conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus, where I direct the Philosophy and Literature Initiative, and John taught philosophy for 40 years. Well, it's nice to be back on the show, Josh, but it's heartbreaking that I'm here because Ken cannot be. Yeah, I, it's so devastating, and it's really strange to be here in the studio without him. But, you know, the show really was his baby as much as it has been yours, and so we're going to try to keep it going in his honor. So thanks so much, John, for helping us to do that. Well, I'm happy to be able to help. Today, we're thinking about comedy and the culture wars, which reminds me of something I heard. A rabbi, a priest, and an imam walk into oh, a no, bar. Oh, no, 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 no. Let's not start the show with an offensive joke. Oh, you misunderstand. I was going to tell you what they thought about Avicenna. <laughs> <laughs> what makes you think it was a joke? You haven't even heard how it goes. You young people are way too sensitive when it comes to comedy. You're ruining it for the rest of us. Are the rest of you unwoke old white guys? That's who you mean? Look, John, come on. There are, there are real reasons to be sensitive about comedy. It can reinforce prejudices. It, it can normalize bigotry. Don't be silly. Come on. you got to give people some credit for knowing the difference between a joke and real intolerance. Do we, though? I mean, think about Norm MacDonald. He, he said he had to drop some of his jokes because, I'm going to quote Norm MacDonald here, a lot of people are idiots. You don't want to have a joke be misunderstood, and then someone goes and beats up a trans person. You know what? I, I think Norm MacDonald had a point. Well, I, I don't want to disagree with you, and I certainly don't want to question the authority of Norm MacDonald <laughs> on the issue of people being idiots. But I'm worried about censorship. I mean, where does it all end? I don't want comedians feeling like they can't tackle important, controversial topics because someone somewhere might get offended. Well, look, I, look, I'm totally in favor of giving comedians freedom to tackle all kinds of sensitive topics. I, I'm not totally on board with that, but it, they just have to be punching up, not punching down. By that, you mean it's, you, you only want comedians making fun of the rich and powerful? Yeah, exactly. Oh, 
Yawnsville. That's going to make for some very safe and very boring comedy. Well, so you, so you want them to make fun of the disabled, minorities, women, that kind of thing? It's not as simple as that. Comedy isn't always making fun of people, for one thing. Sometimes it's just upsetting existing preconceptions, asking difficult questions, messing up mental categories. It's a lot like philosophy or art. You know, people were deeply offended by Impressionism. And now look at it. There's a Monet in every doctor's office. You can't get a colonoscopy without seeing water lilies. <laughs> That's quite a visual, John. <laughs> um, look, I got to say, I really like your idea of, of a kind of comedy that unsettles our categories. That's great. But, you know, I'm worried even then, even when comedy isn't attacking people, there could be a danger. I mean, think about the movie The Producers. It's a comedy about the Nazis. Some people found it hilarious. But, you know, if you're someone who lost family in the Holocaust, maybe you wouldn't find it funny at all. Maybe you'd think the film trivializes the suffering of millions. Well, you might think that, but uh, by my experience, you'd probably be wrong. I mean, I don't need to tell you. There's just a long and glorious tradition in Jewish culture of what we might call gallows humor. And you know why? Because comedy is the only thing that makes life bearable. You know, as a Jewish guy, I've got to say I agree with you there, John. It, it reminds me of that great joke about the uh, Jewish mother and the homeless guy where he says to her, help me out, lady. I haven't eaten in three days. And she says, force yourself. I'm deeply offended, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, and it shows that you actually agree with me. Well, not entirely, John. I still think some jokes are just off limits. But I will admit that there's a lot to digest here, and no pun intended. Well, so you'd better force yourself, pun intended, to think about what happens when comedians violate boundaries and then face a backlash. We sent our roving philosophical reporter, Holly J. McDeed, to see if the push for political correctness is really ruining comedy. She files this report. My parents did just well enough so that I could grow up poor around white people. Dave Chappelle's Netflix special, Sticks and Stones, is controversial. For example, he says he doesn't believe the men who've accused Michael Jackson of molesting them when they were boys. Even if he did do it, you know what I mean? <laughs> I know more than half the people in this room have been molested in their lives. But it wasn't no Michael Jackson, was it? Some people have called for Chappelle to be blacklisted or canceled. But crossing the line like this isn't anything new. People have been offended by, by comics since there were comics. Dr. Peter McGraw is a psychology professor at the University of Colorado Boulder and an expert in the scientific study of humor. Laughter sits in this sweet spot between totally benign, something that's just purely okay, and something that is totally a violation, something that is just wrong. McGraw says what has changed, though, is the feedback is louder because of social media. But no one has ever really agreed on the ground rules of what's offensive. Because what is wrong and what is okay is seen through, through a person's own lens, how they end up seeing the world. So I decided to ask a few comedians and improv artists how they see it, whether they feel like audiences are often too easily offended. My name is uh, Tony Sparks. Uh, you can find me rummaging around the Tenderloin. In the 80s, comedy, if you look at anything comedy in the 80s, it's all racist, sexist, ageist. It's just terrible. But now you have to kind of walk the line. So you can say anything, that, and you never know. 
you never know the pain that people have gone through and they are carrying it. So you might be saying something, you might be talking about unicorns and they go like, <laughs> what is he saying about me? You know what I mean? And it's not even directed at them. I'm Janet Coleman. I'm the author of the book On the Compass, which is the improvisational theater that revolutionized American comedy. My only gripe is the offense taken by male comedians about not being as free as they once were to uh, degrade women and gays and trans people and people of color. I, I think there's a line to be drawn, a humane line. If you limit what can be done and said just as an artistic exercise, it might prove fruitful if you can't be cruel or can't be this or that, you know? My name is Larry Dorsey Jr. Larry Dorsey Jr. Growing up here in San Francisco, I always say San Francisco is so racist, they stop believing racism exists, right? Mm -hmm. So I've had a lot of times where people come up to me and say a black joke, and they don't understand the historical significance or why that joke is, it had even came to be. We have to talk and educate these people who may be ignorant. And then also, if they do not want to change, we have to be willing to say, okay, as long as you're not out here like trying to kill people, we have to be willing to accept people with different point of views. There are comedians like Hannah Gatsby who are pushing boundaries precisely by being more sensitive and introspective. In her stand-up special, Nanette, Gatsby begins with jokes about being told she's not lesbian enough and regularly mistaken for a man. I wouldn't want to be a straight white man. Not, not if you paid me. Although the pay would be substantially better. But then, in a twist, she declares she's decided to quit comedy. She's tired of making fun of herself and people who identify with her. She says that can be damaging in a different way. Do you understand what self-deprecation means when it comes from somebody who already exists in the margins? I put myself down in order to speak, in order to seek permission to speak. And I simply will not do that anymore, not to myself or anybody who identifies with me. Nanette ended up being a hit because people crave that vulnerability from a comedian, not just cheap punchlines. Then there's people like Louis C.K. After he was accused of sexual harassment, he went on a comeback tour and told more jokes about masturbation. At the end of the day, if you want to make people laugh, you need a good sense of timing and the ability to read the room. Just jokes, though. Clearly, just jokes. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Holly J. McDeed. You can listen to the rest of this program by purchasing it at iTunes Music. Or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.